The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, hey, we're just a couple of days from Christmas, and uh, as Jordan said, so many of you just look hideous today, so congratulations on that. Uh, I want to thank Lori Nyans for my Christmas sweater, and she did add these lights to it, although I also will show you, you probably can't see it unless you dim the lights, but they flash as well. Is that? But I didn't know if you're epileptic, so I didn't want to make that an issue, so I'll just take them off and give them to Aaron, not to have, just to use, so there you go. Um, Anyway, hey, we're in a series called Spread the Cheer, like I said, a couple of days away from Christmas, and most of us probably have, as we look back, our favorite Christmases, and some are our least favorite Christmases, and it can be a mix of like that, you know, a certain year where you got the perfect gift, or the thought you, you were wishing for a certain gift that you got, and you didn't think you were going to, or, or maybe it was the food. I know that in our family, for some reason, the ham of 1987 always comes up, so I don't know how weird that is, but anyway, happens in my family. Um, people that gather or the feel of the season or the traditions. And um, what I want to do is I want to go back and look at the original story that makes this, for the follower of Christ, that makes this a season of celebration. And, and so Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to land. Um, we have it on screen. Of course, if you have a Bible or a smartphone with a Bible app, you can turn there the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace on those uh, to whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. God, today we want to stop and pray and invite you to work in us, God. Help us realize that this is a season of celebration for the follower of Christ for this reason specifically, Lord. I pray you would help us dispel some of the things that we bring into the holidays, God. Deal with some of these things that maybe have been past holidays and years in the past or even other gatherings where we come jaded, we come annoyed, we come frustrated. But instead, God, we carry cheer because of this message. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I do want to mention that um, this, this sweater I'm wearing today, um, uh, it, it comes with uh, a song that it sings. I guess I'll grab a mic and let you know. And the reason I bring it up is because in first service today, I had this sweater on and um, we're, Ryan was up here praying and this gal next to me is laughing like crazy and I couldn't hear. I'm like, what was funny? She goes, your sweater's going off. And this is what was happening. So then during the message earlier, I put my hand in my pocket and it went off again. I'm like, no, 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 that's not the point. Anyway, so I'm going to try to be really careful that it doesn't go off because I can't shut it off. It's like just got a button that you push and all of a sudden that's what happens. So bear with me if that happens. Okay, verse one, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken. Now I want you to stop for a second and I want to put ourselves in this story because a lot of times we read the Bible, but we don't really think about like the details of what's going on and it's easy to gloss over certain things. For instance, when this census was decreed by Caesar Augustus, you know, Mary was eight and a half, probably more than that, eight and a half plus months pregnant. And, and I don't know about you, but uh, you know, with the census, they were going to have to travel and hearing that there's going to be a census and she has to go somewhere. I'd be thinking she's, you know, saying to Joseph, Joseph, there's no way I can go. Joseph, I can't travel. We're not going. This isn't going to work. And yet here's the deal. When a, when a census was declared, by somebody like Caesar Augustus, you are required to go to the town of your origin or your family's origin, and that's where the census would be uh, collected. The data would be collected. And, and here's the thing. They didn't have a choice but to go. Now, here's what I know about some of the gatherings that are going to happen with some of these individuals in this room right here. You're going places that you don't want to necessarily go, or you're going to go somewhere you're, where you're going to encounter certain people that you wish just wouldn't show up. I mean, you're not praying a cold or a flu over them, but you're just kind of hoping they maybe wouldn't show up because you're not excited about them being there or whatever it might be. Here's what I love. In the story that we have in Luke chapter 2, Mary and Joseph did what they had to do. In the same way that you're going to do the right thing and you're going to show up at the gatherings you need to be at, whether you want to be there or not. Can I hear an amen from you? Okay, good. So far, so good. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. What this means logistically is that they're having to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The distance is, is basically from here to Tacoma or from here to like just north of Bellingham. Now, if you're traveling from here to just north of Bellingham, most of us would probably do that in, in, in just about an hour, just over an hour. Or if you're heading south to Tacoma, it'll take you an hour and a half to 27 hours or whatever, But because <clears throat> that's the way it goes. But, but, but here's the thing. They don't get to travel in a car. They don't get to travel in luxury. They have to travel on foot and, and in a donkey. And here's Mary, eight and a half plus months pregnant, having to travel 70 miles on a donkey. And here's Joseph probably walking along with her. And I can't even fathom what the dialogue would have been like over the period of a few days. All I know is when a woman is very pregnant, you have to go to the bathroom a lot. So let's just start there. You're like, please don't do this. <clears throat> All right, I'll just try to chill a little bit. But 70 miles with a donkey over various kinds of terrain would have literally taken them probably a few days. 
And I don't know what the dialogue was like, but, but it doesn't say a lot about the details. I can only imagine for, for Mary, it's obviously a challenge. For Joseph, it's a major challenge, but they did it. And it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And there's just barely a half a verse that I want you to hear for a second. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room at the inn or no guest room available for them. That verse right there, because you look at the story, maybe like I do, and you go, wait a minute. How is that that there's some gal who's crazy pregnant and nobody's willing to give up a room because most of us in here would go, look, I'll give up the room. I'll sleep outside. I mean, it's going to suck, but clearly you need it more than I do. But the issue was, if you, if you look into this with a little more detail, I was talking to Donna and Chet Wogie, who just visited the Holy Land a, a couple of weeks ago, and we were actually dialoguing about this text, and it was an issue probably of racism. They didn't care for those people coming to this area, and so as they knocked on the door and wanted to find a place, maybe there wasn't room, but they weren't about to try to make things easier. They just simply said, well, sorry, there's nothing available. There's some animals in back and a little cave area. You can just have the baby back there. Once again, for me, that's more reason for Mary to be frustrated. Not only was a census required, she has to travel 70 miles on an animal. Once she gets to where she's supposed to be going, she has to have a baby in a feed trough. Joseph, my back hurts. Joseph, this isn't fun. Mary, you just got to calm down. Mary, I hurt too. I had to walk also. I mean, just a giant mess. But we don't catch any of that in this picture. Now I'm going to take it to the next uh, part of the story, and we'll come back to this in a minute. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I want you to repeat that. Do not be afraid. I bring you, everybody say, good news. That will cause, everybody say, great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And, and this is at the core for many of us in this room that would say, we're followers of Christ. We've given our lives to Jesus. We believe in this message, that this message is a message of good news. That this message is a message that ought to cause in all of us great joy. And, and this is where, at the heart of this whole picture, I want us to understand that in your life and in my life, there are always things to complain about if we wanted to. Am I right? There are always things that it didn't play out the way we expected. It didn't go how we wanted. That person got upset over this. That individual is ignoring me. This situation sucks. There's all kinds of things we could complain about. Add to that the holidays. Man, I do shopping online, and, and you know it's a lot easier than the stupid traffic at the malls. I go to the malls, and it's people everywhere, and everybody's mean to each other. And you can't find a parking spot. You get one up front, and you go, God, you must love me because I got a close parking spot, as if God wouldn't want you to walk an extra 100 yards because you could use the exercise. But anyway, <laughs> total other message for the new year. We'll get to that. Don't come back. <clears throat> but but here, here, here's this picture of... of, of the core of the message of Christ. It's a message of good news. 
It's a message that ought to anchor in our hearts all the time. Great joy. Listen carefully, though. Not because we always feel it, but because it's always true. That no matter how sideways life gets, how crazy the holidays are, what experiences you've had that make, make you go, <coughs> I'm not even looking forward to the Christmas season. There was loss. It's not like it used to be. Everybody hates each other. We play all kinds of political games at Christmas where the family's going to gather and there's one room where this group gathers and there's another room over here where we can gather because we don't really talk with that group so we just avoid each other and somebody's out there having smoke breaks because they just won't even come in the house because they're mad at so-and-so and there's all this jockeying and a mess at Christmas time and no one wants to admit it. But it happens. In the midst of all that goes on in our lives, all that we hear about in the news, all that our world experiences, and then the holidays and whatever memories you have or whatever frustrations you bring into the season, here we are with a simple fact that we need to fight for. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for who? All the people. The good news and great joy. And when it says for all the people, do you realize that's supposed to include you? Do you understand that that's you and me? The message of good news of great joy was not just for that, that first generation of individuals that could see the babe in a manger. It wasn't just Mary and Joseph and shepherds and wise men and Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's for all of us. Why? Because the good news of great joy is the message of what Christ came to do for your sin and my sin. See, if you look at the text, it says in verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. It's capital S. It means not the Savior that, man, you're my Savior for you know, fixing my car on the side of the road. Oh, you're my Savior for bringing those groceries I forgot to bring to Christmas Day. Oh, you're my Savior for, for whatever. No, no, no. This is Savior, capital S, meaning Messiah, meaning the one that would come to redeem, come to deliver. And what it has to do with is the issue of your sin and my sin that you can't earn your way to our Heavenly Father. You can't measure yourself against other people and go, well, I'm better off than they are. God must care about me more than them. No, no, no. Sin is an issue for all of us. And the message of a Savior that's good news that ought to cause great joy is that you can find forgiveness in this message every single day, and we all need it. A savior is not just a one-time commitment where we go, thank you, God, for sending Jesus come into my life and forgive me of my sin. That's a great step, but we need it every single day. I love how Paul talks about it. Anything that doesn't come from faith is sin. If you stop and dwell on that for a moment, you realize that all throughout every day we're missing the mark in one way or another. We're, we're, we're not being the, the perfect you know, individual God would want us to be throughout each day. The thoughts that we have that cause worry and panic and stuff. The, 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 the activities we take place in with impatience and frustration and anger. The gossip, the slander, the envy, the, the, all kinds of things. Anything that doesn't come from faith is sin. We need a savior every single day. And that's good news. That God made a way through Christ for you and I to be forgiven. And that's where, listen to me, 
that's where we must fight our feelings and actually spread the cheer. Now, let me take a second and say this. It doesn't mean we, we simply negate or, or, or set aside that, that life can be tragic or that you're going through something really, really difficult or that you've had to face all kinds of disappointment and the holiday season reminds you of the brokenness of your family or the loss or whatever it might be. I don't want to simply minimize that. I just want to remind us that this is the core of the reason to celebrate and spread the cheer because of what Christ has done. Verse 12, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I would encourage all of us to stop even just at this verse and ask ourselves, are we filled with songs of glory to God that we're not just going through the motions on a Sunday to have a guitar player and a band and singing and we stand up and do this thing with words on the screen for fun. We're doing it with the goal of making God huge in our lives, glorifying, magnifying who God is, sharpening ourselves with worship that we can take off, even as the psalmist says, take off a spirit of heaviness, put on a garment of praise. It's a choice. And it's not always an easy choice, let's be honest. And yet this, you know, verse 14, glory to God in the highest, and I love this, and on earth peace. But it's specific, to those on whom his favor rests. We go, who's that? I mean, is that just some? No, no, here's what it is. It's those who acknowledge and surrender to what God desires in our lives, surrender the work of Christ, that we can have, as as Paul describes it, the peace that passes all understanding. I love talking to different individuals and, and talking about life and certain circumstances and trials and tests, and it's so fun to hear somebody say, here's what's going on, and it's not good, and, and, and you know the doctors have said, or my family, and my parents, whatever, and it's just a mess, and I've heard people say this, and some of you are gonna about to shake your head, but I have a peace I can't explain. See, I see people shaking their heads right now, nodding their heads. Because there's something about in the midst of all of the turmoil that we can still have a peace beyond all understanding. What Paul is saying is really a peace that doesn't make sense to the logical mind. The whole world can be a train wreck. Turn on the news. All the, everything's crashing in our world and our family. All this stuff goes on. But Paul says there's a peace that goes beyond understanding. And, 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 and the part that we can understand is the part where we say, because I anchor myself to Christ, that message never has to leave me. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurry off and they get there. It says they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And the shepherd said to Mary, how are you? And Mary said it was a long journey. And those people are racist. And I, the baby wasn't born in a room. He's in a feed trough over here. And I'm frustrated. And my feet hurt. And Joseph's feet hurt. And my back hurts. And this is miserable. And they turn to Joseph and said, Joseph, how are you doing? And Joseph said, yeah, this has been pretty terrible. I can't believe we've had to do this. We had to travel 70 miles and it took us three days. This is a joke. Oh, that's not in there? 
Isn't it typical in your life and my life that when we face something kind of crazy and even tragic or whatever, that we immediately, somebody calls up, hey man, how's it going? You're not going to believe what just happened. I was out in the traffic in this car and all of a sudden, and, we, and it's horrible. I don't know, my insurance company, I don't even understand. But that's not the picture here. And you could say, well, we, you know, this story's probably a little bit airbrushed. I mean, you know, we try to make it seem better than it really was because it's rough. This is a rough situation. A woman who's about to have a baby has to travel 70 miles on a donkey with her husband, you know, in tow, making it, you know, getting to where they're supposed to go. Racism happens. They end up having a baby in a manger, a feed trough. How's it going, Mary? Awesome. But here's something to remember. Yes, there was something unique about Mary. Because when you go back to Luke chapter 1 in the Christmas story, and you hear about this encounter with Gabriel, this angel, it specifically says she was highly favored. And I believe it goes back to some of the similar language about Zechariah in, in, in the temple in this other visitation. There's something about their reverence, their trust, their fear of the Lord that they held on to. That, that in a lot of ways, as you and I look at it, maybe you don't know this, but in some ways, this, this was fulfilling certain prophecies about what needed to happen. Places the baby would be born and where it would be raised and born of a virgin, all this stuff was fulfilling prophecy. And, and I don't know that they saw all that right away. I know Mary at one point here is gonna treasure these things, ponder them like, oh, what's God doing here? But notice there wasn't this giant grumbling, complaining you know, rant that Mary makes. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had happened or what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. What did they do? They spread the cheer. I know that's so simple. Oh, that's the name of the series, cute. But that's what they did. They took this message of good news, of great joy for all of you, for me, for all of us. And they spread, you're not gonna believe this. We, the, the angels visited and this, and here's what we think. Well, my gatherings would be different if an angel would show up too. My gatherings would be different if Jesus was there too. Do you realize that he is? Do you understand he is? We're gonna gather maybe this afternoon or tonight, some of you with family or friends, maybe coworkers, Let me ask you this. Where are you going? Where, where are you, literally, I'm asking you, where are you going in the next few days? Anybody going out of state? A few hands. Where are you going? Canada. You're going to Canada. Melissa, I should have known. Oh, that's right. You're going to California. That's right. Rose Bowl. Yeah, I'm not jealous. It's fine. 99% of the time it's Canada, though. Where are you going? Federal way. Okay, an hour, depending on traffic, eight hours. <laughs> Just bring a tent. What? Prison. Prison. Yeah, and he's not kidding. I'll visit. No, just kidding. No, <laughs> Rob, Rob, you don't know this, but Rob is a prison chaplain, and he does. He visits the prisons and does ministry over there. It's absolutely amazing. It's really cool. It's a great partnership. We appreciate it a lot. Where are you going? Anybody getting on a plane? Yeah. Where are you going? Dear Jesus, help her. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Here, here's the thing. You go, why, why are you asking? <clears throat> it's not because I'm going to show up. Somewhere. I'm not saying he's going to show up at our house. It depends on what you're having for food. Um, <laughs> no, the reason I ask is this. You're, you're going to go to Federal Way, or you're going to head over to the prison and work on some ministry, or Oklahoma, or California. You know what you're going to do? You're going to prepare. Hey, kids, we got to leave in a couple hours. You need to grab a change of clothes. We're staying the night. If you're flying somewhere, you're taking a trip out of state over, you know, a week. Hey, we need to make sure we pack. Is the laundry done? Hey, did you get the gifts wrapped? Are we bringing them? Hey, don't forget, we need some things. Hey, is, is, if it's a road trip, hey, do we got plenty of gas in the car? Probably should check the oil or, you know, make sure the tires are filled up right because we're going to California. All of us in here understand what I'm saying. You would prepare. But let me just say this. At the top of your to-do list this Christmas should be emotional and spiritual preparation. And you, most of us don't think anything of it. We go zipping into a gathering, and if we already know there's family history and people we should avoid and all this stuff goes on, we just play to the same tune we've played all the time. And instead, I want to challenge every single one of us in this room, what would it look like for you to stop and prepare yourself? God, this afternoon at 4.30, I've got a family gathering, and Lord, you know who's going to be there and how it's going to go, and God, I just pray you'd help me be patient. God, help me shine the light. God, help me to be ready for that individual that constantly rubs me the wrong way. God, would you fill me with your strength, with your Holy Spirit, that I don't blow it or I don't give in to gossip because everybody loves to gossip about what's going on with that family member? What if you prepared spiritually? What if you read Luke chapter 2? And took some time to process, Lord Jesus, I want to be filled with words of glory, song of in my heart, worship to you. And I want that good news to live in my heart, that I can be the salt of the earth, that I can be the light of the world, carry that message of God's love. Lord, would you help me see the people I interact with through your lens instead of mine? See, some of you in here are the, the family curmudgeon. The grump. Oh, we know what they're going to do this Christmas. Just don't, just tiptoe around them. It's always that way. What if you literally heard what I was saying, invited the Holy Spirit to empower you and revolutionize you, that you can go into your Christmas and people go, what is up with them? Like, are they, you know, whatever. Anyway, so. Like, what is up with you? You know what? Yes, I want the holiday to be different. Because for many of us, the way that we've gone through the holidays is, is not looking any different this year, and you're jaded, or you're frustrated, you're sideways, you're annoyed, you're you know, nervous, whatever it might be, what if God did something different? That if you are the Scrooge of your family, what if you came in as the post-revolution Scrooge? God bless us, everyone! You know, like something was different. I think of Christmas Vacation. Anybody seen that movie? Yeah, the, the father-in-law art. Them little lights are not twinkling. I know that art, and thanks for noticing. I need to eat so I can take my back pills. You know, they want to bring, I don't know, he's stuck up in the rafters. Or, or Uncle Lewis. Uncle Lewis burns down his tree. Lewis, my tree. What's the matter with you? Like, constantly. Hey, Grace, you're not doing anything constructive. Go in the living room and get my stogies. Like, Come on! And either that's some of you in this room or you know people at your Christmas that it's going to be just like that. 
What if God did something in all of our hearts? Listen to me. That helped us see through the lens of Christ. Some of us, maybe it just needs to be a repentance. Forgive me, Lord, for the last birthday party where I just kind of did my thing. I wasn't super nice. I showed up because I was supposed to be there. Or what if it was the family reunion this last summer? Everybody gathered, but you just kind of went in going, I got to do this, part of the family. Or maybe it's been Christmases in the past where you show up just going through whatever motions, typical you, but without the Holy Spirit doing what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. We're called to spread the cheer. We are. And it's not just about a feeling, by the way. It's about realizing that this is always good news. This is never not good news. That what God has done through Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, was for you and for me, and it really forces us to fight against what could easily be just getting through the holidays with that attitude, just surviving through the holidays. This is a fight, but we need to understand it's not a fight with people. Paul reminds us in in Ephesians chapter six that our struggle is a spiritual struggle. I'm jaded towards that individual. I'm sideways with them. I ignore them. I don't like them. I wish I was in a different family. All kinds of those things go through our heads sometimes. Jesus, would you help me see through your lens? Jesus, would you forgive me for going through the holidays the way I have in the past? Joyless, just kind of getting through. I realize it's not for every family. I realize there are gatherings, and some of my gatherings are just amazing and awesome. But even still, I wonder, Lord, what would it look like if I went in even more prayerful and prepared than I have? What kind of joy could I carry? What kind of light could I shine? What kind of hope am I called to bring to Christmas? Father, today, God, I pray for every single one of us in this room. God, for some, it's, it's, it's maybe a moment of repentance. Forgive us, Lord that we go through the motions. Forgive us, God, that we're just kind of existing. Forgive some of us because we're the jaded ones. I don't like them. They didn't turn out right. Forgive us, God, because maybe we just go through the holidays without a real thought about that spiritual dynamic that is there, that we wrap the gifts, that we pack the luggage, that we got the car filled up with gas, that we prepared every other way to get to where we're going or be where we're supposed to be, long distance or not. But God, would you do something in us today, tonight, tomorrow, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, that before we show up at those gatherings, that we invite your Holy Spirit to empower us, to help us see different, to deal with our own pride or or just maybe inconsistency of not acknowledging the need for this. It's not a message of condemnation, God, but a message of challenge. That, Lord, we're called to bring good news. We're called to be light. We're called to do what the shepherds did that marveled and went away going, hey, look at this. 
This is incredible. Help us live that way, Lord. Help us carry that. No matter where we end up, no matter who we encounter, no matter what happens this Christmas, Jesus, help us to do what you want. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.